what's poppin all our cinta velas and hella fellas thanks for tuning in once again we are your hosts this is silencio and this is big Ange. <laughs> and you're listening to hella vela podcast we've got a special new segment for you guys our segment is called you know what really grinds my gears now, this segment, along with the other uh, new segment that we came out with, which is the karaoke segment. Um, what was the chief again? What did we title it? Uh, Vela on the beat. But this basically grinds my gears is something that just really pisses us off um, that we touch up on during the duration of our week or just basically our, the duration of our lives. <laughs> Speed it up, Anita. You know what really grinds my fucking gears? You know what really rubs my meat in all the right ways is being fat. I hate being fat. I miss the days of bending down to tie my shoes without taking a breath. It really fucking grinds my gears. Oh, sister, I can't relate. (laughs) Oh, is that right? (laughs) Now you know you're a fucking liar for that. You know what? Your fat ass grinds my gears too, bitch. I grind my own gears. I'm fat. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, you know, you are a little largey margey there, Anita. I hate sitting down and having to put a pillow in front of my stomach because I don't want anybody to see how really big it is. <laughs> I hate that. I hate sitting down and everything just comes together in one lump and rises up to my chin and I look like the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> I look like I should be swinging from the church rafters and ring a big church bell. <laughs> That's what really grinds my ear. It also really grinds the inside of my jeans when I wear tight pants. There's always holes in the middle of them. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, well, you know what really grinds my gears. You know what really salts my apples. What really seasons my chicken meat. People who don't use their blinkers. You motherfuckers. You know what? Next time, I'm going to fucking teach you how to use your God-given blinkers. I'm going to pull out my <laughs> left titty. I'm going to squirt my milk in your motherfucking eyeballs. <laughs> You're going to get into a car crash. Your fucking blinking. <laughs> From all that excessive blinking you're doing. And then the police are going to find the milk and they're going to think that you jacked off while you were driving <laughs> and killed yourself. <laughs> I fucking hate those people. That is a special place and my big fat coochie for you, fucker. <laughs> I'm gonna swallow you whole right in between my legs. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> Fucking hell in there. <laughs> I'm ticked it off. Smells- <laughs> it smells like rotten. Listen here, there. you bitch. No one asked oh. you for your toothpaste. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know. (laughs) 
Um, I just want to mention real quick before we end this segment that um, uh, Family Guy, the character Peter did was a newscaster in one of the episodes and did his news segment on this and his his news segment <laughs> was hella titled grinds my gears and i just hella found that out right now yeah so, we're definitely not trying to copy family guy yeah and we, we just only thought it knew was- family guy did that because we knew family guy did that because we had to google what do white people say when they're angry <laughs> <laughs> and we're like oh shit fucking family guy has one Fucking family guy. Of course they would. Fucking geniuses. Shit. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Welcome back, as always. Nice to have you guys here. Tune in to our podcast. Very thankful because today we have a special guest. His name is Lisiate Wolfgram. Yay! <laughs> is there going to be an applause track for me? Right now, I'm gonna hype myself up. Now, okay, I want to ask you this because I, because I have like this vague memory. Um, I have like bad, really bad memory from years of like, you know, being a dumbass and fucking drinking and shit and doing stupid shit as a young. We call that you were living life. Yeah, <laughs> I was a little, I was living a little bit too much of life, yeah. but um, so I have this like vague memory of being interviewed back in like two thousand. I would say it's eight, maybe maybe two thousand seven. Was it you that interviewed me with Margarita? Uh yes, yes. Um... Oh my gosh, I knew it. Yeah, I knew oh, it. good memory. Figure it out. Good memory. Uh, back then, I was working on a radio show. Mm. Um, called the Pacific Eye, and you know, at the time, um, there was nobody really doing what you guys were doing, and so you know, we um, of course took notice of that. But I have to tell you something. So my background is in um, like marketing, and mm. um, and so that's what I've been doing for a long time as a professional okay. uh, career before we opened up this school okay. that I'm working at now, but. Mm-hmm. At the time you guys came out, I was, um, you know, when you and um, Sifo were making your videos and it was out on uh-huh. YouTube and stuff, and I had gone back to school and I was uh, uh-huh. just uh, studying new media. And so it was really cool for me as a Tongan and as a Polynesian to see that um, that there were people out there in our community that was using mm. the platform to just, you know, make funny videos uh, and stuff. Mm, and yeah. so I was like, okay, these two are hilarious because it's, you know, it was very, <laughs> um, it was very, very raw. Yeah. It wasn't like, yeah, you know, and yeah. I think at the time the technology was so new and everybody was trying it out. And, um, right, and right, I just right. appreciated how funny and how raw it was and, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like high budget and, and neither did it need to be. It yeah, I love that yeah. you were just experimenting with the right with that social media tool. You too. And I was like, look at these two, and they're hilarious. And um, you know, so <laughs> I never forgot that because I think uh, that was a very important thing for us as mm-hmm. a Polynesian community to see that we're not just consuming the media, but then we're also right, creating right. content for media. And you two were like out there, you know, so every time I hear about someone talking about, yeah, we're the first to go viral. And I'm like, okay, bitch, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) 
And let me give you a little history lesson here on who actually used the tool and you know was making content and they were and they were viral before any of you people were. So let's just clear that up right now. And so I've always been a fan right. ever since. So kudos to both of you. Dude, thank you so Dang. much. I remember that too. Yeah. Only people, the only polys that were going viral was the ones lip syncing, lip syncing yeah. and everything. And I believe like the popular lip syncing video at the time was like Henry 808, who now has a podcast, um, Savage Island, if you guys want to go check him out. Um, but uh, yeah. And then so, you know, I started doing videos and vlogging and, and all that. But, and then you guys contacted me, I think the next year or like the, that same year wow. and asked me to do that interview. And I never forgot that interview because I was like, dang, that's so cool. I'm on a uh, like a like an internet radio show and <laughs> Yeah. So you know, we, we were paying attention. So. So and do you still have that um show or um I left that show a while ago. Uh Rita and them mm-hmm. were still working there and I believe she might still be involved with it. But um mm. I yeah, so I had some other projects that I was tied up with and okay. so uh, but that was a cool, you know, that whole thing was just internet radio. It was um, very different, you know, from just traditional radio. And yeah. so we were trying it out and see, you know, what it's like. But it was very experimental at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, you know, that was fun. I had my fun run there. You and, had your... Yeah, yeah, I used to yeah. work also in just a traditional radio for a station here called KRCL. Oh. And it's a community mm-hmm. radio station. And they still run Tongan programs there. So it's actually a program running tonight called Talakola. Uh, which is yeah, oh, I think I heard of that. Yeah, so that's a very, uh, you know, Tongan language program. And I used to be a producer on there. And that's where I really mm-hmm. learned, you know, a lot about media. And I really got my interest in media. Uh, my mm-hmm. auntie um, is involved in that program. And so I'm very, you know, grateful for her, uh, Yvonne Nash, and she is involved with the uh, National Tongan American Society. But um, mm. I love, you know, Tongan women who nurture uh, when they see, you know, uh, other Tongan youth who have a interest in something. And she was one of those that saw that I, you know, had an interest in media nice. and stuff. And so she's like, hey, come on, come over here and uh, work at the radio station. So I went and got some training. And this is when I was a teenager, you know. So where I had to go to training where they teach you how to use a, how to talk in a radio voice. And I'm like, okay, this voice really how to talk in a, a radio voice anyway, mm. good experience. Um, and, uh, you know, I moved on from that to, uh, it just ex- work in other parts of media, but that was fun. And it's for me right now in this age, it's just so nice to see so many of our people who are, you know, making con producing content and putting it out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It was like it's like a it's just like a, an explosion of uh, polys on social media, like doing Instagram videos, um, doing um, you know YouTube's, um, all the way down to like mukbangs, and and now like the recent trends like podcasts. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot, a lot of, of po- a lot of good ones out there. There are. Yeah, definitely a lot of good. And you are now part of um, a school, Mana Academy, right? Yeah, so um, I am currently uh, working at Mana Academy as um, an administrator, and I'm also one of uh, several founders of the school. Wow. 
And, wow, um, yeah. So I've kind of just dedicated my life to that for the last uh, seven years. So this is our seventh year. Yeah. It's truly great. Um, yeah, it's a lot of work. Can you tell like a little bit about Mana Academy and when, uh, you know, what your guys' uh, mission and everything? Yeah, so um, my cousin, Anapesi Kaili, um, she's our... <gasps> yes, yes. So she's our director. Um, she's also our... Um, she's one of our co-founders. And so we mm. work a lot together and also some other uh, people in the community. So... Uh, Mana Academy is, uh, it's a community-based school. And so everyone, you know, who helped to, uh, f- to th- for the founding and also bringing it up off the ground are all people mm. from the community. And a lot of the, uh, of the work was informed by uh, research that Anapesi was doing at the University of Utah. Um, yeah when she was uh working on her dissertation and she was also a professor there but you know some of the data that we looked at is our our people were just doing so bad in um in education so in looking in the different fields like um college uh you know so students that were going to college also noticing a high dropout rate within the first year of college um, oh, yeah. you know trying to understand mm-hmm. where that was coming from now we have a better idea uh, but a high dropout mm. rate in Utah, you know, with our people. And there's um, very... Uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, is that, is that like um, research on, on Utah, like based in the state of Utah, or is it just like national um, Her based? research was, was in the Pacific Island communities all over the United States, but specifically mm. the states that are on the west side, because that's where we're all concentrated, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, but looking specifically at Utah. So Utah, you know, the numbers all look the same. So there's a disproportionate rate, uh, dropout rate. Um, wow. And even our own kids dropping out as early as eighth grade. What? Yeah. Eighth and, grade. And no. Eighth grade, yeah. And trying to identify why that's happening, you know. So there's many factors as to why. But um uh, Ultimately, what it came down to is really we have schools who don't give a shit about our kids. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's number one. Um, okay. I think number two, our parents in our and our Polynesian. And, you know, I'm going to speak specifically just to our Tongan community because you know, as right. a Tongan, but there's a lot of parents I feel who have too much trust in the system. Yeah, yeah. and so. Mm-hmm. When they drop off their kids, they feel like, okay, the school's going to take care of my kids. But what they don't know is that their kids go into these schools and they are already um, discriminated against because of the color of their skin, for one thing. You know, um, we have the school cops and we know and we have identified through research that, you know, the school to prison pipeline starts with, first of all, teachers who don't know how to deal with students of color. But then right. they have school cops on these schools who, you know, if a, if a student is having a bad day, the first thing a teacher would do is just refer them to the school cop. Yeah. And so yeah, Utah is no different than anywhere else in the United States where there is a high representation of students of color um, in like, um, ju- you know, juvenile detention in the prisons. When you're oh, looking, yeah. Even things like, uh, you know, suspension rates, um, even if it's Mm -hmm. like in-school suspension, out-of-school suspension, our Pacific Island kids was just way too high. Then uh, the numbers just looked very um, concerning, you know. And and then the sad thing is that when you are talking, you're having these conversations with the community, 
parents don't really understand that. They don't understand the dynamics of what's happening in the schools. And so you also have to educate the parents as well. You know, so yeah, um, it's really uh, eye-opening for us now that we're in our seventh year of the school. Um, just going through the experience of really uh, wakening a lot of our parents up to these issues that are happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, parents are now becoming more uh, aware, but at the same time, they're more afraid. Um, right. you know, just to be sending their kids out like that. And so that's a lot of the work that we do at MANA is just, um, mm-hmm. you know, getting our students to where they need to be. And um, mm. fortunately, you know, we struggled actually our first couple of years, um, especially when we opened our first year and we tested the students that were coming in. Mm. And mm. parents were not aware that their own kids was reading uh, two or three grade levels behind where they should be. No way. Yeah. No so way. it's like a lot of schools would let them slide and not really have those important transparent conversations with parents about this is where your student is struggling. They're reading at this level. This is what their math looks like. You know, and right. I, I think a part of that, too, is just our te- our parents need to be more involved. And there's many reasons why they're not involved. I think a lot of them feel like, um, you know, I talked about the one issue, but I, on the other hand, if you were to look at maybe second generation Polynesians or maybe third, it's not so much that they're too trusting in schools is that they don't trust um, what's happening at the schools. And so because of that, there's also a, there's also like a, a feeling that they don't belong in the schools, that mm. they don't, um, you know, a, a lot of our parents have expressed to us how they felt like at, you know, their previous schools that teachers kind of see a lot to them. And, mm. um, and so, you know, they never felt comfortable enough to approach a teacher and, um, you know, engage them in those kind of conversations. And so right, we, right, right, right. we have to like do a lot, of, we have to do a lot of undoing, yeah, at the school mm. with parents mm. and then um, getting students to where they need to be in their reading level. And, you know, fortunately, data is going to come out about our last um, school year, but the year before, we had like the highest growth in the state. So Oh, um, nice. And that growth is done, you know, they look at the, ta- the state uh, testing scores. They also look at the reading scores and they look to see how much student ha- uh, or how much the student has improved. And so we mm. were one of the schools that were in the top five. And in some categories, we were actually in the first for, oh, um, nice. for growth. And so we're kind of closing those gaps. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, right. because that brings up the percentage in within the Pacific Islanders. Yeah, and you know, that's um, the, everyone, and you know, in our community, I, yeah, I work in education, but I'm going to call some of these people out who are, have been talking shit about the work that we do. I'm <laughs> <laughs> calling you out. Wait! Well, you know what, I, I believe it because, you know, there's, oh, there's always going to be people who love you and people who hate you. And, you know, the ones who hate you, you just will never understand why, but See, I don't get that though. We guys are doing like like immense like what like needed work in the Polynesian community in regards to education. I don't get how somebody could talk shit like where they talk like your methods. Um, you know, so here's the thing. There is this perception, and this is probably the biggest one we have to fight all the time, is that at the school all we do is sing and dance all day. You know? Shut Yeah. Because we are a cultural based school. Shut up. Exactly. Uh 
so they see our videos that we put out, um, you know, and we put out videos of like our cultural program. Um, you know, our students learn like, you know, Tongan songs, Samoan songs and dances and things <laughs> like that. But that's only one hour out of the day. So there's this perception okay. in the community that all our students do. They come in at 830 and they sing and dance from 830 until three. Like a theater art school? Yeah, but it's so it's only one hour out of our day. And then, of course, you know, we're a public charter. So we are accountable to right. the state. And, you know, they mm. oversee us. I mean, they maybe way too much. Um, <laughs> jerks, you know, because they always, they always do surprise audits on us. But it's really not a surprise. Oh, so we all just gosh. look at each other and roll our eyes. But right, <laughs> you know, we, we have to be accountable. And so we're not going to take, yeah. take tax dollars and then just do whatever the hell we want with it. But exactly. a lot of yeah. you out there, if you're listening to this, I know you're talking shit and I'm going <laughs> to find you. No, um, you know, so uh, but that's a mis you know, that's a misperception that people have about the school. And it's so funny that Balangis understand what we do and they see more value in it than a lot of people in our community. And I think one of the reasons why is because people in our community Man. think that if they are adjacent to Balangis and then Balangi ways of thinking and in the ways Balangis yeah. thinking, so if they put their yeah. kids next to Balangis, they think their kids exactly. are going to succeed along with the Balangis. But right. that just tells you the stupid asses that are in our community <laughs> don't understand how things work, you know, and don't understand how structural racism works and how it benefits exactly. white kids, but not brown kids who happen to have not brown kids, yeah. white friends. No matter how long you act, no but matter I, how long I get serious every time I watch those videos that you guys post up of the kids singing and st like um, like the different languages like I get so teary -eyed. like it's so beautiful like that's what we need here like that's what the, the, the PI kids here in the states need and that's what I wish we had you know back in our school but you know we're singing nasty songs um, <laughs> <laughs> hey our kids like... still sing they still sing nasty songs I catch them in the hallway and I say ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear bottled up ever sung in this school <laughs> Oh my gosh, not bottled up. Like, Mr. Richard, but she's talking. I don't care. Are you bottled up? And they're like, no. Do you want to get drunk? Right? No. Okay, don't sing it in the hallway. You can sing it outside, but not in the school. Then I go to my office and close the door. I'm drinking, baby, because I'm not. You know, our school, it's a cultural-based school, and I think a lot of people don't understand what that is, but it's really simple. We just, you know, we, this one hour of the day, we do cultural things because we want to connect mm. the children to, we want them to be rooted in their, yeah. you know, their culture that they come from. Um, right. And, and right. we believe that if students are grounded in that, uh, because they sure as hell ain't Balangi, you know? Right. Oh, no. And I think a lot of them, because they're born and raised here, that's, because they live in such a Balangi-dominated world. That's the thinking. Exactly. And then, you know, you add the extra layer of being Mormons, mm. oh. which is a whole different animal altogether. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because there's then there's this kind of like this uh, superiority kind of a thing that, you know, Polynesian Superior Mormons, complex. especially Tongan Mormons, have here in Utah where they feel like they walk on mm. air. And I'm just looking mm. at them like, but I know your family and I know you. Right. <laughs> I mean, really. But, 
<laughs> like don't throw yeah. stones in a I'm glass. Like, I know your family in Tonga too, so you know. <laughs> oh, and you know, not Tongans. You know, like Tongans, like you can whoop their ass, you can do do whatever, but shame them. Oh my gosh, if you go back oh to the way God. they were raised, if you talk about how they were raised, like oh they they will fucking crumble. They'll be like, oh my god, they'll like hella get into fetus the fetal position and just cry like of the embarrassment. I can't believe they exposed me. And yeah. they could be living in a mansion too. They could be living in a mansion, but if you like hella exposed the way they grew up, they would literally be so embarrassed. Yeah, <laughs> like, and a lot of my really students, bitch. they don't know that I know their parents. <laughs> and how, you know, and a lot of them, because I grew up with the parents, and so I'm uh-huh. like, um, Right. And so, you know, you, mm-hmm. you just know the whole family history. That side eye. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Yeah, so, you know, if you ever come to Utah, let me know so I can bring you and give you a tour of the school. Oh my god, I would love We would freaking awesome. love to. Yeah. Yeah, that would be freaking awesome. Um, and so, do you teach? Do you, like, what do you teach? In, so, are you, do you just oversee in, in the Mana Academy or do you yeah, teach? So, um, so, Ana Pesis are principal, and then I'm an assistant principal over our seventh to 12th grade. And then we have a, we have an elementary campus that's just down the a block from us. So we have about 380 students. Oh, and, so nice. um, and then I teach so social studies classes. We like to teach it because uh, you know the social studies textbooks here are just so full of shit. And um, right. full of shit. <laughs> oh my god! You know it's right. very. Um, you know, it's to me. I feel like it's very white supremacist, and so it oh is. yeah, it is. oh yeah. So yeah. we do a lot of like deconstructing of that, you know. But then we yeah. add in a lot of our own things, and we teach a lot of like <sighs> Pacific Island history. Uh, we bring mm-hmm. in also all the other, um, you know, a lot of just a lot of social justice movements in the U.S. Um, that that uh, has to do with um, you know our student population. So we have a mm. lot of. Uh, our school's about 80, I would say about 80% Pacific Islander. Um, mm. And then, you know, mostly Tongan, Samoan. And then we have a lot of Marshallese. And so one of the things we didn't nice. know is that there was a whole community of Marshallese people here in Utah. So, <gasps> wow. They're like all over the, they're all over in, uh, what is it? Is it Arkansas? In There's like Arkansas. a huge community Arkansas? in Arkansas. Yeah. And you know, they're in Arkansas because... Um, the uh, poultry industry brought them out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even lobbied for them because there's so many of them out there, lobbied for them to mm-hmm. be able to get their driver's license in Marshallese. So, wow. and a lot of them work nice. at Walmart too. So, yeah. Um, and then, so that's our mi- the majority of our Pacific Island audience. And then we have a few Hawaiians, uh, some Maoris. Um, Ooh. And then, the other 20, I would say the other 20% is our, um, for, come from our Latino community. And, oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's a and large fantastic number, thing 20%. is, yeah. Um, the cool thing about that is that at our school, like all the kids get along and are very respectful of that is great. each other's cultures, you know? So instead yeah. of fighting about, you know, your family eats burritos or whatever, 
you never have those kind of conflicts. It's usually the other stupid kinds of conflicts. Like, oh, you made fun of my what? hair. And, you know, oh, stupid ass things. Those, like, the conflicts that should happen they, and not the, like, r- racial-based Exactly. Uh, so I would rather have those kind of problems than, um, yeah. you know, than racial type. Although it does come up, you yeah. know, once in a while. It does, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's always important for us to have... Uh, those conversations with the students about respecting, you know, other cultures and um, right. And it's very easy to I do that when you demonize, you know, Balangi culture. Then we all mm. then we all unite. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. I'm not so racist. True. People, calm down. No, but that's no. so true. We all, yeah. yeah. If you look at it, that is literally how the world is right now. Like everyone, it's like for right. I mean, I feel like right now, kind of like. I don't. I don't want to get bashed for saying this, but like, it kind of sucks that we fall on you right now because it's like everyone you're just being attacked from left to right for just because they still don't. Not they. A lot. Most of them still don't understand that um, they just can't say certain things. They can't do certain things. Like they just don't understand it. You know, they still have that, and they don't problem. understand like you know the. The immense power of like white supremacy and like institutionalized racism and yeah, all that. Like, and, you know, but there are a lot of yeah, there are a lot of Balangi people who are allies like that that do understand it and that will advocate with you know people of color for like you know mm-hmm. stuff like 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 what you guys do, which is um, deconstructing you know yeah, our history. Yeah. You know, it's funny and because stuff like we had important. some uh, Balangi teachers. And they really, really struggle at the school. And so... Wow, um, why? I think a lot of them because, um, you know, most teachers, I would say, lean to the left and they're very liberal, yeah? Um, Mm. And so I think a lot of them, the reason why they come to our school is because they see an opportunity to work with students of color, which is great because... You know, we always need the help, right? right? But I don't, right, I, right. I don't think they understand how much work it takes until they are amongst and mm. they are at the front line, right, along For- with us. And then they fully exactly. understand that, um, you know, a lot of the work that we do is having to um, deconstruct and dismantle white supremacy. Right, right, right. And then when... Which they handle. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when it's... Uh, when it's about, you know, whiteness and confronting whiteness, mm. then they become kind of uncomfortable around, about it. Right. And so, mm. yeah, they end up just, you know, going somewhere else. Or we tell them, if you mm-hmm. don't feel mm. comfortable here, um, mm-hmm. you know, and if you feel like you're going to do better somewhere else, that's our advice to you. Because, you know, teaching at the school is really hard. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know, you either have to have all of you know, pretty much have your shit together, um, mm-hmm. and don't come and like have a mental breakdown in front of the students. Like, oh no! Teacher, teachers have like mental breakdowns in front of us, and me and all the students will literally look at her, look at our teachers, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. You know what's funny is that 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 brings up a post that I had read recently about this teacher who basically bashed her 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 students on Facebook and said that they she's she's not teaching again because these students nowadays the generation is just disrespectful 
um, and she's fed up with it. And then she addressed the parents and said the parents aren't doing a good job and da da da. Um, which, which, you know, I've never been in the position of a teacher, so I wouldn't know how it feels like to be, you know, to teach the generation now. Um, but I just found it, and she was, of course, she was, she was balangy, but yeah. I was, hmm. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, to think it's, of that. it's hard, and I think um, when we have to fill in for teachers, it helps me to really understand what they deal with every day in the classroom. You know, from an mm. admin point of view, I don't really deal with students unless it's like, you know, in the hallway or if they're in trouble. Mm. But, you know, teachers are with them every hour of the day when they come in right. and when they leave. And so teaching is right. really good for me because it really helps me to uh, uh, really bond with the kids and understand what some mm. of their learning struggles are, building those right. relationships with them. And, you know, there are times where I have totally uh, lost it and I've actually <laughs> I actually students before. <laughs> and they're like, I'm going to tell my parents. I'm like, okay, call your parents right now. I pull out my phone and the parents <sighs> like, what did you say? Sifa, you'd be surprised at how many parents that we, you know, if the student's in trouble, that the parent will go, uh, can you take him to the office and just beat them? <laughs> and I'm looking at the parent and I'm oh. like, okay, as much as I would love to, <laughs> we have cameras in every room in our school. <laughs> and, and this one dad, he's like, oh my God. Yeah, oh, uh, one father, Tongan father. He's like, I love about the Matei camera. And I'm like, oh. I go, no. Like, I'm no. I go, sorry. I, and we just can't do that because, you know, this isn't Tonga, so we can't do that. I'm sorry. Right. Isn't the Tonga where everybody gets their ass beat for one okay. little thing? Like, yeah, like I, I was beat. I, I did get beat in Tonga <laughs> when I was in elementary school for something bad I did. Winnie, so, I'm on mm. the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Winnie, I'm on the phone, okay? She said, Would you answer me a question? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? That's my bye bye. Oh, yeah, sit in that offer. I'm going to go to the offer. Yes, I'm a woman. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, uh, while 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 the subject of Livy Inni is is uh, <laughs> on the table right now, <laughs> you know I so I went to a Liahona Kolisutuku event, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. I was so surprised at how many people brought their clients there. Oh my oh gosh. gosh! I would never. This is- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait. <laughs> they fucking bring them everywhere. Me and Sifa did a video on this. <laughs> and you know what? I thought I thought it was just like, you know, for fun and stuff. But then I was like, what the hell? I mean, are people really... Uh, apparently, I didn't know about this, but it's a very common thing, yeah? Oh, my God. Oh, my very God. Very common. I have it's an very common. I have an aunt out here in the Bay who's infamous for it. And it's just like, everyone's like, damn, this bitch fucking brings her vibe out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 
what like her vibe like can be in any kind of state. She can be like a vegetable state. She'll literally haul in, <laughs> put in the fucking hospital bed, and she'll like freaking chill with her vibe and just like bye and this and that and dance and. It's just like they just don't care. I could never like I like you know when I was uh those one time I had it was the guy Lewis. We would just take him to our house like you know when we had like family stuff at home. Yeah. But I would never like take them to like functions like that. Like, a I fucking Tutuku just... event. Yeah, like, that is like a fucking use. Like these poor old people who literally just want to spend their last twelve minutes here on earth. Like. <laughs> like you know, praying or whatever. And yeah, they freaking take them to this loud ass DJ fucking playing trumpets and right. Everybody's hanging and shit, oh. dancing on the tables and fucking with pigs. Uh, did you guys ever see yeah, that video? The kissing the pig. I was like, that's fucking sick. I was literally. Did you see that video, Luciana? Was this a okay? So. Video? No, this is it, this looks like no. it's like Adam or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's probably but this this song and lady is like so mafana that she gets up and she picks up the fucking roasted pig and she like umas it and starts fucking tonguing it. And she's oh, like, fucking, yeah, she guy a little with the pig. She guy. She hella guy a little. See, there's like a point. There's, I mean, there's a thin line between being mafana and just being fucking angai manu, dude. Like that shit right. is just. Oh. Why would you touch the? Uh, are you gonna fucking dig your hand into the muscles too and throw them at people? Okay, poor pig has to be hunted down and fucking murdered and <laughs> roasted and then fucking. Uh, hey, um, hey, chief, did you see my video from uh, when we had to do a kolistutuku cleanup? No. no. Oh, okay. Let me. This is a story for the audience, what? for those of you who did not watch my live. So, one of the Kolisutuku events that they had here for Liahona, it was just this past summer. And yeah. uh, my nieces play club at this volleyball, um, the club volleyball. And um, they had rented out their facility, this big ass gym, for one of the Kolisutuku luncheons. <sighs> Oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. It went viral yeah, for a little bit. They left a big mess, yeah? And so yeah. my brother, mm. who takes his kids over there to play volleyball, he's like, he messages me. He goes, what are you doing? And I told him I'm not doing anything. And he asked me if I could come over there and help them clean up. Um, so what happened is that they totally just trashed the facility. Oh, my God. Someone left a burnt lobster behind. So... <laughs> I, I got a, I've seen that yeah, lobster. So we called it the meth lobster. <laughs> um, and it was, so they just left it behind. They left behind crab shells and like, you know, that they, when they peel shrimp, they left behind the skin. And there was Shut just up. so much garbage there. And the Palangis who <laughs> run the facility. Oh my gosh. They had no idea what the hell they signed up for. They probably walked in and they're like, dear fucking God, yeah. Becky, look at this. <laughs> no. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Spilled Otai everywhere. Um, and so I, so I run over there and I help my brother clean because my brother uh, and a lot of the poly parents who can't afford the price of club volleyball you know they mm. they do things like cleaning up and they set up and take down equipment because it's right. give them a discount on their tuition so oh. okay. so they called all the parents and they're like if any of you guys want to come and help clean up 
you know, and, and the thing that was so farama about it is that it's the, you know, it's the poly parents that go do it because they need that tuition discount. Yeah. Right. So, you know, our brown asses show up over there and we are just so ma to know that this was connected <laughs> to a common event. You know, so they hand us brooms and dustpans and, you know, Clorox wipes and shit like that. And then my sister-in-law is like, uh, no one's touched the bathroom and they asked us we could clean the bathroom. So, oh no. Like, okay, let's, you know, give me some gloves. Let's go do it. She Wait, goes you mean to... the, pe- the owners, the owners had to hit up the poly parents to come and clean it up. Yeah, well, you know, because it's to help with the tuition. Yeah, because no, 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 poly... I, I, no, I get that part, but I was just, I, I thought that your brothers and then like were at the event and then when it was done, they were like, oh my gosh, we have to clean this up. Oh, but no, no, no. My, my brothers, it? yeah, so my brother and a lot of the poly parents who have kids who play volleyball in this club. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so they normally do cleanup for the club. They do like, you know, after practice, they pick up Veve or whatever, which is not yeah. a lot. And they mm-hmm. take down nets and they put up the nets and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. It's just to uh, get a tuition on their discount. But when yeah. mm-hmm. after the Kolistutuku and the building owners walked in and just saw <gasps> the chaos, and so they they sent out a message to all the parents who normally do the cleanup and the setup in their regular volleyball schedule, if any of them wanted yeah. to come and help clean up. So my brother and all the other polys just responded to the call to go. No, but mm. you know, they were all just like, and when I got there, you could just tell everyone's, they were all working to just clean up because they were so ma, yeah? So ma. Um, and so then, oh you know, here I walk in with my shady ass. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> stupid ass people. And um, so... So everyone's cleaning and, you know, everyone's doing a great job cleaning. And then my sister-in-law comes in and gets me to come and help her clean the bathrooms. And so I go do the men's bathroom. She's cleaning the women's bathroom. And then she comes out of the women's bathroom. And she's like, Richard, you need to come look at this. (laughs) No, no. no. So we go, I go to the women's bathroom with her. And in the handicapped stall was a gameni that was soiled in like runny shit. Yes. No. So some lady in the Kolistutuku came and <laughs> didn't make it to the bathroom. Wow. Because there was um there was just runny diarrhea on no. all over the toilet, up up on the wall. No like, fucking what? It splattered. What did you aim her? So you could just look at the splatter patterns and figure out that this woman or whoever just did not make it on time. <laughs> and to make it even worse is that she left her. Okay. Her fucking mind. Her, yeah, Mormons. I'm sorry. I know that this is a very sacred thing to you all. No, her Mormon undergarments. Uh, Many was left oh on the God. floor. <gasps> yeah. so, so after she went and splattered all over the toilet, she had the nerve. So this is what I'm picturing. She probably, she was probably late because she's trying to take off her talvala. Yeah. Yeah. And then she had the whole nervy ass to put it all back on after she left her mess. Behind wow. and went back into oh, the oh, oh. so that is literally kai kai pekepihetai. 
Um, oh my we god! Were just dying when we looked at it. I mean, it, we were disgusted, but we were too busy laughing because we were all just imagining who's... the scenario. Oh <laughs> who's who's auntie went and oh. fucking took a shit at the police and left it behind? <laughs> and then we had the balls to go Taimahi under her fucking um I don't know yeah. oh or some shit. So she probably just went sneak. back out there. And tatao that tawala with her stink ass, and <laughs> and um, and there was baby powder all over the floor. Not the baby powder. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So I told my sister-in-law, "Okay, that's all you, girl. I'm going back to the bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> you God, that is so fucking mom. Yeah. Anyway, so, so you know, dude. Okay, so was it, um, wait, can I ask you something? Yeah. So I seen like kind of like the debate online, and people were actually defending the fucking ple- people who made the mess at the Kalisatuku, and they said that they paid for it. They paid for the cleanup, yeah. and they did. So um, they paid for it. But the thing is, I don't think the Balangis who were like you know signing this uh, this building over to, them to <laughs> use, I don't think they really understood what they were getting into. But I also believe that this. Uh, you know, whoever went and approached them didn't give them the full picture, yeah? <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> you know, so it, it, they had a great event. The turnout was great. You could see every, you know, I was watching the live videos and everybody gorging and stuffing all that food in their faces. Um, and then it all came out on the wall it, fucking <laughs> two hours. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the, when they did the contract to fucking... Guy didn't have diarrhea on the walls as part of, like, yeah. The and the building thing. manager, um, she <laughs> she was just like she had this like shocked, stupefied look on her face, like, <laughs> like she just can't believe that human beings are capable. Of things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, girl, girl, I need some more Clorox. <laughs> wake, wake up, wake up. Okay, can I just add to this story here about <clears throat> the fucking Hana on the walls? So I used to work at um at UCSF and we used to stock storage rooms. But also on top of being stocking storage rooms, we did like cleanup when they needed us, the janitors needed us. Um and so the women's locker room, I would go in there once in a while and like take out the trash or whatever, clean up. Um this was like back in the day. And and so I got like an urgent call over the radio and they're like, you got to go into the bathroom and clean up. Something happened. There was an emergency. And I was like, oh, shit, did an old lady slip in there and like fall? Like, do I have to help her? And it was like blood on the fucking floor or some shit. I opened the the um, one of the stalls, the shower stalls. And just like the a fucking piece of dookie was sitting there on the bottom of the shower floor. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck? But see, the thing about, about this was it was a palangi dookie. So it was like nicely shaped. You know, there wasn't like a leave like sponges or anything. Like I put on a glove and I picked it up with one hand and I was like, wow, okay, what the fuck? Some lady came in here and took shit. Um, you know, and then like, you know, sprayed some bleach and that was it. But you know, Tongan shits, that's a whole different other story. Wait, did it all come up you- in one piece? She, she, it all came up in oh, one piece. Wow. There was no smudge. That's, there was, it was just like, it was a Palangi shit. You know, uh, people, you know, Palangi is 
like just bloop bloop and that's yeah. it but like a lot, a lot of fiber it, and stuff yeah a lot of fucking <laughs> kale and fucking carrots and shit like that but you know nothing like a burnt lobster shit on the wall <laughs> like like the fucking one at the glisto tuku and you know you know definitely not somebody who fucking painted the wall with their booty or anything <laughs> like that but that's crazy that is crazy and then so right now. <laughs> so what was the aftermath of, of that did they you know some places won't hi- won't let tongans have stuff at their facilities anymore yeah i'm pretty that, sure but... they're probably banned from there but you know it's a sad thing with our people here uh they are banned pretty much from everywhere so <laughs> you know because well, you have I... to because you have to also remember like which church is like just just because everyone goes to the same church does not mean they were all raised the same way. So like you have a lot of people like if it's a if it's a huge katolanga like a church katolanga, yeah, you would have you have literally have a bunch of Tongans from like all over like Donga or whatever. Like there's some who are like raised you know properly. There are some who weren't. There's some who you know know better. There are some who don't. You know they just all the only thing they have in common is they all share the same you know religious beliefs. But it's like, you know, you just have, that's the that's the thing about the church Katongans, you just have all these, a bunch of, like, different-ass Tongans from, like, you know, I, I, I okay, I really just want to say, you have a lot of the Imanus that come to the functions, <laughs> and they, they, they just fucking tear it up, they just don't give a fuck. Like, they really yeah. don't, and, you know, it's sad to yeah. say, but there are, there are a bunch of the Tongans out there who weren't really raised... Properly, yeah. Properly, you know, a lot of these Mm -hmm. Katoangas, a lot of our people show up with so much uh, sense of entitlement, yeah. Like they're, and it's so annoying because they're the ones that come with nothing or didn't Mm -hmm. didn't contribute (laughs) to your pull up, but they want to come and take the best stuff off of it, and it's like, oh yeah, oh my gosh, I, I, I hate, I hate Kaipola, I hate Katoangas, I hate all those things. I, ha- I yeah no you, I I yeah I, I, I hate them. I, <laughs> I used to enjoy them when I was younger because you know the food and just the dance. It's everything's just so different now, especially seeing it from like the eyes of a like uh, of an adult. Yeah. You know, you just like you see everything now, and you're just like, oh my yeah. gosh, my mom doesn't go anywhere anymore. It's just really excessive. Yeah. It's excessive to the point. That's where, the word like, right there. It is so excessive. Yeah, and, and then there's a hygiene issue. You know. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! There is a no. There is because you would think you know you go to you, you go to a, to an event that's like called a ball and you know it's like it's a formal ball and they're yeah. like see Gwynnie and Helen and Becca and I'm just like girl. Becca, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we yeah uh, yeah. I think with you know kaipolas like I could see in Tonga you know when we lived in Tonga and and actually going to a kaipola. One of the things when I'm comparing the two is at least in Tonga, the food comes fresh from the umu or it comes fresh from the mm-hmm. kitchen that made it and it comes mm-hmm. through the bola. But over here, you know, people be cooking that shit and putting it in a cooler and it's stored in their garage for five days. Eight, <laughs> or, yeah, eight, no, you're so it's, right. And, you know, people in Tonga can actually, they, they know how to, how to, um, how to, how to be at an event a lot more than the ones here in America. You would think the ones yeah. here in America would know better, but. No, and on top of that, like, on top of that, like, um, you know, the whole like guy fall thing is definitely understandable in Thong because, like, you know, you're bringing food to your family. You know, there's like, there's like meager earnings over there in Thong, so people will make use of that food. 
people just fucking follow shit for no reason. Like, you bring... What are you going to do with three burnt lobsters at your house? None of your kids <laughs> eat fucking seafood because they all have the taste buds of a fucking two-year-old and they're like 16, you know? Yeah. Uh, one time I was at this event and I'm sitting in my car and this van pulls up and the lady has all her kids come out and they all have bags. Okay? <laughs> she is instructing them on what to get. You know, look for this, look for that. If there's school... You know, put the haka on the bottom. No yes. fucking way. And as you know, watching all this, the kids all run in, and then like ten minutes later, they come out with their plates, and it's all in bags, and then they take off. And I'm just thinking, wow, <gasps> not the dining dash. <laughs> yeah, I think the most ratchet thing that I've ever seen at at um at a place is um, you know, like they had like the um the fish like the fish like the stewed fish or whatever <clears throat> and you know a lot of like you know you're from Tonga when you like to drink the the water that the fish was oh yeah you know with like, the coconut yeah. and like and all the onions or whatever yeah my mom does it you know i've seen you know ogs that do, that do it but this lady <clears throat> followed that and as well as the fish and what she did is that she took a fucking like a iced tea snapple like water bottle and she pulled out like a switchblade first of all why the fuck do you have a switchblade you're like well, seven years old and you're at a tongan function you're not gonna this is not tongan like you don't have to like hawk a fucking stray dog like to get out of your way and cut your way through bushes and shit this is america right so she pulls out a switchblade she cuts the the top of the the um, snapple bottle off and then she she pours the the vi the fish water oh, wow. into that. Wow. And she puts up and she already has her plastic covering everything. She covers it and she takes it to the car along with like six other plates. So I'm like, wow. wow. That's a pro. That's a fucking pro. <laughs> she has experience. She yeah. has over 70 years of experience in following fucking food. I should have went to her class. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, <she> can- <laughs> who the fuck thinks to even fucking take... And who the fuck is even bringing fish with uh, to the fucking function anyways? Like, fuck. I have no idea, but she hella fucking poured that. The, she literally lifted up the tray and, like, poured the water into the bottle. I was like, <laughs> wow, you are, so- you have dedication, ma'am. But I think a lot of it, you know, a lot of it translates into bringing um, a lot of the cultural I don't, I don't know how to how to say it, but like the cultural things we used to do in the islands back to the states, where it's really kind of unnecessary in the states and it doesn't work in the states. Yeah. But we do it anyway. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think there are just some cultural practices we need to look at. I think there's a, a feeling in the community that if we stop doing it, it kind of, you know, we stop practicing the culture, right? The culture. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even believe in that at all. I think, um, yeah, people need to understand, you know, culture. Culture will evolve and it will adapt to whatever situation. It will adapt. Yeah. You don't always have to like keep everything the way it is. You know, keep every little thing. Yeah, because it some things it won't work, and culture is not progressive. It's it's definitely it'll stay stagnant. So you know, right. some things don't need to be carried over into the next generation. Yeah, um, and I think uh, there was a video I saw below level talking about this. You know, and culture mm. is not static; it always evolves. Um, and so it's funny that, you know, she being a royal, she understands this, but a lot mm-hmm. of our own people don't understand that that is the nature 
of culture. You know, culture is just, uh, you know, it's just practices that we as humans, mm-hmm. you know, have decided that, hey, yeah, right. this is important because we all do it. But it right. doesn't mean that it can't change. <clears throat> you have to be on another level to understand that, I feel like. Because, um, you know, we grew up with our parents, with our moms teaching us that. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I our, think, moms, yeah. our moms have always taught us that you know <clears throat> yeah. there's certain things of, of our culture that we take the good stuff that you know within our culture and we we keep that with us and we take that you know into the future where it's like a lot of there's a lot of the stuff that's very unnecessary and we just you know you leave that behind you leave that yeah. past like do you think we do it. that because maybe we feel like because we live in a um, you know, being here in the U.S. or if you're in New Zealand, you live in a society where everything is so dominated by white culture. And so exactly, it makes yeah. you feel like you have to be very extra in the way that you are practicing your own culture, yeah? Mm, mm, you know, I, feel mm. like, I honestly feel like the, the adults do stuff like that because that's literally all they know. Oh, you know, that's, that's so that's, true. But they were, that's what they were taught back home. It's just like, you know, when you go to a Tongan function, you know, there's people who are like, I don't want to have a Tongan, um, you know, like, for example, like I had uh, my cousins had, a, they were having a funeral and they were like, they didn't want no Tongan stuff. People were coming with Tongan themes and they were coming with food and they're like, what do we do with this? And I was, yeah, and, you know, because that's like, all they know. Stop yeah. them. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's all they know. If they don't do it, they're going to feel really yeah. shitty. They're going to like, that's, yeah. that's the only way they know to like show their you know their condolences or whatever you know yeah their appreciation to you guys like even though you're not supposed to do it they can't stop like that's just part of the culture it's not that they do it because they're in a foreign country they just do it because that's just all they know whereas us growing up here in america we know what we can what to stop doing you know what i mean yeah Yeah. to to move forward with yeah um yeah i know um that's like uh, definitely like a first generation thing where like our parents are, you know, the ones that came to America and established here um, first and then, then then raised us and all that stuff. Um, but I know, you know, I do know some second, third generation Tongans who still carry on the like the Mamo Taimia shit from like the Tongan culture. Yeah. Definitely. And a lot well, of it is um, also then, from the churches. Like the, there's the Asi still yeah. practices it, you know, so they're going to, that's just what they they're gonna continue to do they don't see a need yeah. to to not whereas you know um you know us as baha'is you know we were that's none of that really matters so that's why a lot you know our moms were kind of just like just leave the you know the mama family stuff alone and that's how we were we were able to get used to it but still going to functions you know we're still able to so kind of see it firsthand and still like embrace it or whatever and accept it. Like I still loved it, even though a lot of the stuff we didn't practice. Yeah. You know, while we're talking about culture, I have to say, you know, your videos when they first came out, um, we weren't connected yet on social media, but I was Mm -hmm. sharing a lot of your videos on social media. And it was interesting to see um, the kind of feedback and responses it got from people. Because mm-hmm. it's it sparked this conversation about Fakapa Apa. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was mm-hmm. interesting to see who would come in and you know, in my in my posting or sharing, uh, the you know, the people who would be like saying, Oh, this is so disrespectful and it's not culturally appropriate. And then <laughs> you know, and then you see the other people who come in and they're like totally for it because it's a totally 
um, different way of like expressing ourselves without being um, ref uh, what do you you know bound to these cultural beliefs? Right, mm -hmm. right, right. So it, Let me. It was refreshing to some to see that we can break out of that mm -hmm. mold, and you know we're so beholden to this papa stuff, which I feel like you know yes, it does have a place. It does have. Yeah, a, a lot of times too, it's bullshit. You know, it's, it's, it's a way to silence people. Yeah, exactly, and, and so, exactly. So it was interesting for me, especially as a uh, you know, at the time I was I was doing my program at the U, um, and to study the impact of media, you know, in our culture, mm -hmm. um, and and kind of drawing out these conversations from people. And you know, people were posting from Australia, from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um and here also in the united states and then you know you got those dumb asses they're like i'm so disappointed in you richard for <laughs> and i'm like shut the hell up you know you know what's funny is that we um as much love as we got on our shit tongue and girl say and shit tongue and parents say we got a lot of backlash of people saying this is not how tongans are this is not how tongans should be yeah. um you know um you know a lot a lot of it not from here in the states yeah. but a lot of it from outside from like the island yeah they're all from like outside of the um states who didn't really know how tongans um fuck yeah. the states and, and how, how <laughs> this is an interesting thing about new zealand because you know their media there is pretty pacific islanders in new zealand is very mainstream they have a strong yeah? presence oh yeah yeah very mainstream yeah. but if you look at a lot yeah. of the content it's so mm, it's not corny. It's not edgy, yeah. It's very corny, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of them are listening, and they're probably like, "Oh, they're talking shit." Yeah, um, yes, they are. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's very. They're not pushing any buttons for me. Personally. Very dry, yeah. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I, I, I noticed. I remembered that too. That kind of backlash, and it was coming from them, which is fine. Yeah. You know, if that's not where you're used to, but. One of the things when I go to New Zealand and I go there a lot, they're just too polite. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I mean, that's nice. You know, that's the culture over there. But I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know. No, the thing is, is like I, um, I uh, definitely I don't know what it is about New Zealand and the comedy, like. I, well, first of all, let me just give like kudos to like just PIs having a strong presence and like mainstream media and all that and 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 being like a uh, present for like um, the arts, you know, in uh, in in New Zealand. Um, but definitely, like, I never really, I never really vibed with the the comedy there. Like, I found um, Siona's wedding definitely funny. I, um, I found, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chief. I did I not find it funny at all. I was just like, what me. is this shit? yeah that is so funny okay so so i found that funny um <laughs> i didn't find anything else funny except for maybe the guy who does the uh tofina. you know, tofina. oh my yeah. gosh tofina's funny as funny as fuck like um and, hilarious. yeah and then some like recent some recent um like this recent movie i forgot what it's called i found funny but other than that like i think it's because it's like the british sense of comedy that got transferred over to like the new zealand sense of comedy which makes it kind of like really no, dry british people are fucking hilarious yeah i think british people are hilarious it is then what is it about the new they're just really problem. trying to be respectful <laughs> like, like what said, they're trying not to press any buttons like Pushing trying not to press any buttons. Yeah. Trying, trying to stay. Everything's just being played safe, and it's just like mm. 
Yeah, I think um I think a lot of it too is staying within that boundary of Rapa Apa, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so And having a strong people community out there yeah yeah um because they have a lot to lose if they don't do that right mm, whereas yeah. you two mm, right. you're just like oh to hell with that and you know <laughs> you have this you know you have youtube you have vine which is like this really democratizing platform so you're mm-hmm. you know mm. you can do whatever the hell you want and so yeah. it takes and you know that's great but i think it takes guts to say okay this is what we're gonna do and, mm-hmm. you know, people may not like it culturally or they may not think it's appropriate, but we're going to do it anyway. And so yeah, I right. think that's where I really felt your work was very groundbreaking, you know, in that mm. you just you saw the rules and you're like, OK, so what? <laughs> we're going to put it out. <laughs> and, and you did it. You know, you did it. And I think it, yeah, I think it this... opened the doors for a lot of um, people who want to, you know, be in that space. Um, you know, right. social media and putting out content and stuff, but I still right. don't think any has done it as any of them have done it as like you know as effective as 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 the stuff that you guys used to put out. Mm, thank you so much yeah, for that, Lisa. I mean, um, see, see, I'm sitting here. Anal- I see. I analyze everything, <laughs> and, um, and you guys just came out at a great time where you know this is what I was studying in college. And it's so funny because mm. one of my professors who um, gave me a bad grade because I always used to call him what? out because he said in class that social media was a fad and that no oh fucking way and that it was gonna <laughs> and that it was just gonna go away and you know he came from a very traditional background but it's mm-hmm. so funny because he was like one of the the big chairs of the department. And an older guy. So I pushed back on that and I told him, I don't think you really understand what social media is. Yeah. 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 He's like, no, 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 no. And so I kept pushing back. And anyway, that, yeah. I still remember his. That's good that you stood your ground. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, because he was totally wrong. Yeah. And not only that, but I'm looking at like how social media has really, um, you know, for a long time, traditional media has just dominated the media right. space yeah and right, so right. news was being told to us mm-hmm. but we mm. weren't creating news we weren't creating stories exactly. we weren't telling our own stories and yeah. you guys you know came out of nowhere and you were telling stories you are storytellers right and <laughs> that's something that's very you know culturally you know stories fananga things like that it, exactly. it's very big in our culture and so now we have this medium where you can do it and you're not confined to rules and things like that to rules. Exactly. and that's the great thing about social media and the internet is it gave it um back from the hands of people who had like you know kind of like a semblance of power yeah and gave it back to the individuals and gave like media back to the individuals to do what they want with it you know as far as comedy goes yeah. news as far as um, you know, um, influencing, you know, the, what they call social media influencers. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really something that, that the individual can now play with and, and you take advantage of. Yeah. And, and you guys were uh, doing that before influencers even came along, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. that for sure. And you know, what me and, what me and Annie were doing wasn't <laughs> even like, we weren't like, we weren't making these things up. This is literally what happens in the homes yeah. of a lot of Pacific Islanders, which is why a lot of 
the you know a lot of the Pacific Islanders you know received it the way they did is because it's like oh my gosh it's so relatable like yeah. it didn't even matter if it was like, like you know we saw ourselves like, in your video yeah mm-hmm. and it's like you know a lot of people were like oh the whole fuck up opera thing was like but bitch this is what y'all doing yeah. at home and it's probably even <laughs> exactly you know what I mean but it's like people yeah we just take people have been our experience yeah and people have been telling me since I started my videos to to stop cussing. I, I wish I could share this video if it wasn't so much cussing in it. <laughs> well, bitch, don't fucking don't fucking watch my damn videos. Yeah. Is I will never stop being like that's 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 the thing that always stuck with me throughout my whole videos is that I will I won't ever censor myself for anybody, and especially any of my relatives because all my aunties block me on fucking social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All my, I, I love my aunties. I love my all my first cousins, but all my aunties block me on social media because of my mouth. Yeah. And you know, I don't really give a shit. But you know, that that's understandable because that's from a generation that they came from, yeah. where it's like, oh, I can't even stand right by my brother yeah. in too long because mm-hmm. it feels awkward. What do you guys think you about know, like, the whole brother sister thing? Um, I think it's important. In a previous show, we actually do discuss it. It's uh, it's it's actually a question that um someone had asked oh, us okay. about. Yeah, so we do kind of discuss something about, like, the whole um, Fahu system with, like, the son, you know, and doing a, the, a lot of the police and things, even though he's married, um, you know, like, are there any boundaries? That's right, that was your so last kinda... one, huh? Oh, did we already talk about that? Oh, okay, so no, we haven't really talked about the um, brother and sister one. Um, no, we haven't. But what I think about... But, um... I, I... Oh, we do kind of low-key talk about it with um, the last one we just recorded, which we're going to post up on Wednesday. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I do, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that my siblings still practice the whole fuck up, up, up with, you know, my with my sisters and my brothers. Um, like, you know, like, no shirt, you know, no walking around shirtless mm-hmm. or staying out of the rooms, no listening to the certain music or watching certain shows. Um, like, I, I love that, but the whole brothers sitting outside and never going to the sister's house like <laughs> no because yeah my it's so extreme yeah, like yeah. for first for for um like you know ogs like parents who grew up in tonga like it's so extreme like my mom my mom feels so antsy when her brother is like even around in the same room that she'll just go to the other room and stay there yeah. because she can't be herself yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she does not like having conversations. She doesn't even like when we go out to dinner. She doesn't even like sitting by him. She wants to go sit at the other end of the table so she can be herself and cuss and do you know stupid little things that she does because right. you know she's uh, not like a traditional Tongan mom or anything like that. And meanwhile, so she feels just living his life, just like hey, <laughs> and like yeah, yeah. and then Emmy's mom is just like oh my god, I just I can't be myself. And it's like why did he come? <laughs> right, but it's like no, it's okay. It's just... Yeah, I think it's it's just it, it's um it's really excessive like I said um it's really something that we don't need to completely do like we do with like our parents do with you know their siblings yeah. but take some of like like always take some of the good from the bad and um you know roll with it. What what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's very interesting now that we have a generation of uh you know Tongan kids who don't even practice it and they don't because the parents are not passing it on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And so um, I think uh, I I agree with the two of you that it could be very excessive. I think the thing that bothers me the most about it is that it's kind of um, 
connected to this unspoken, um, you know, uh, to me, I feel like it has to do with sex. It does. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And, no, no, no. And I think the, the fact that it's... Oh, sorry, what were you saying? Oh, no, 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 no. I was just kind of just adding on to what you were saying. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to really unhealthy sexual um, it is. attitudes yeah. in our culture where we can't even mm. trust brothers to be around the sisters, which to me is exactly. more unhealthy. You know, than more having, unhealthy, yeah. yeah. You know, me and my brothers and sisters, there's seven of us all together. We love and we respect each other and boundaries. Mm. And, mm. and we do that without even having to, you know, be engaged in this brother sister bullshit that we yeah, right. see that is so extreme in our culture you know we know each other's right. boundaries we know that they have spouses and so we respect those boundaries as well right. um and so it's one of those common sense things that we just know where things stand and you know when to back away mm-hmm. um mm. you know so so to make it so extreme that you can't sit in the same uh you know, room with a, with, yeah. a, with a brother or a sibling and you're watching TV. Yeah. Well, you know, the simple solution yeah. to that is make sure that what you're watching is just clean so that everyone can yeah. watch it, you know? And, and I thought about that in, in the last episode that was <laughs> like, you know, when, when our family's together, it's just reggae music that plays. It's always like the children's movies that's on TV. You know, we're not watching no, like, you know, um, Players Club or anything like that, um, you know, as a family but um yeah but and you know like it isn't that extreme but just the we just know you know we just know and um but yeah like kind of like kind of like what you're saying with you and your siblings yeah so it sounds like to me you've taken the precautionary measures to make sure that everyone is you know comfortable and not violating taboos or whatever um yes is that, know, then, is that extreme? Is that too extreme? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. I think that's very common sense, you know? And if yeah. you know that if your brothers and sisters are fine with, you know, a rap song that may have a few cuss words and, yeah. you know, yeah, that's nothing wrong. then, yeah, yeah, if everyone's fine with it, then fine. But, you know, when someone jumps up and starts policing that kind of shit, then that's when it's like, what? Then it's... <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, also, you know, the, the whole subject on, on um, just sex being something that's, that's very, like, a big, big-ass no-no, like, in the in, amongst Tongan families. It's just, like, very, a very big breeding ground for, mm-hmm. um, you know, molestation to be allowed, as well as, you know, um, rape and, and, and silencing of, like, know. you know, children who try and speak out about these subjects. Because if sex is not talked about in the home, um and addressed um you know with your first teacher that that is with you in life which is your parents um and it's taught you know by the parents to not speak about it or to even like faces around it with your family then to even address being molested like at, at at a young age is something hard for specifically tongans to do yeah you you know kids i think and you know in our community there's definitely a big issue with um, sex abuse with molestation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with just going back to 
unhealthy attitudes and even, yeah. you know, culturally the way that we talk about sex. So many Tongan mm -hmm. parents don't even know how to talk about sex. They don't. Um, they don't. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. But even I also second, feel third like generation parents. I also feel like a lot of Tongan parents don't know that, you know, them, um, they, they don't know how to stand up for their child. They don't see it as like, you know what, my child is hurting and I need to stand up for them and I mm -hmm. need to do something about this. Like, they don't think like that. They think like, um, I don't know, they just normalize. It's just so normalized that I don't even know if they even think or if they're just like, they can't find the, they can't muster up the courage to be like, they just don't know what to my do. Child, my child, you know, get the fuck out of my house and this and that. Like, I don't know. It's just it's I know. So, and it's so sad so... that they can't just feel like, I have to stand up for her or him. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's sad. And I've heard so many of those stories where, mm -hmm. you know, very rare do you hear about a Tongan parent who actually took a stand, yeah? Oh, but very So rare. often yeah. the story we hear is that a lot of parents knew about it, but they were complicit in it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. and, and then here's the sad thing. They're complicit in it because it happened to them when they were also young. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so right. So the cycles continue. Yeah, uh, that generational yeah. trauma. The generational trauma, yeah. And, you know, um, it's, you know, the work, that's why the work you do is important in, in the Mana Academy is because everything in life, when it comes to a certain point, is about deconstructing. Yeah. You have to deconstruct, you know, history, deconstruct your, your culture, deconstruct all the values that you grew up, you know, thinking was normal and, and just deconstructing, period. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for that. I, I, I just want to add, you know, at the school, it's so sad um, that we, you know, often this comes up. Um, mm. And we have, you know, we've had parents who are very concerned that, you know, we teach our kids to, to learn how to advocate for themselves. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so when they go home, <laughs> they're trying to advocate for themselves. <laughs> Usually that doesn't end up very well for them. But, you know, fortunately mm -hmm. for us, we have parents who understand what it is that we're trying to do at the school. And so mm -hmm. a lot of them at first, they were just kind of like, what the hell are you doing to our kids? <laughs> you know, and we have to teach them in this society, you know, your your parents, your grandparents brought you here to America so that you have a better mm -hmm. opportunity. You're not going to get a better opportunity if you're just going to sit around and and uh, not learn how to speak up for yourself. Exactly. And so we exactly. are teaching your kids, first of all, how to speak up and how to advocate for yourselves. But one of the things mm -hmm. that we found out when we were teaching kids these skills is that they started coming forward to tell us about things that were happening to them. In the home. In the home. Oh, and so it was wow. so heartbreaking no just way. to sit with those students who um you know this was the first time they really felt empowered in their lives to speak yeah. out about those yeah. things and then, yeah. then having to get the state involved and it's messy right. you know right, and right. so unfortunately you know we've had parents who pulled out their kids because of that um well yeah yeah i'm so happy to say too that we have more parents who decided to like, okay, I'm gonna advocate for my kid. Yeah. Mm. We are gonna get them the therapy they need. 
we that's are awesome. gonna take the perpetrators yeah. and you know get them prosecuted or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. we're seeing more and more of that, and it really empowering the parents. But this is goes back to the point where I was saying that you know in our conversation with some of these parents, and then they start talking about how it happened to them, you know. And it's just yeah. so sad because I can wow. tell you every one of my friends, especially in the LGBT community, mm-hmm. I can tell you yeah. every one of my LGBTQ friends, everyone were molested when they were kids. So yeah, and so I was sad. too. Yeah, I was too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is me a, too. Yeah, you know, so we get together and we talk about these kind of things and. I, I always try to make sure that they are, you know, doing what they need to do to get the help that yeah. they need. Um, because, you know, I look at my friends and a lot of them act out yeah. because, yeah. you know, in, in very unsafe ways. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it just has to do because they have not gotten the right. help that they need. Exactly. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I do um, with them and whenever I'm working with the youth and when they have, you know, revealed that this has happened to them, I try to get them to get connected with somebody who can help them to, That's great. to go through yeah. that process because it's, um, yeah. it's a lot of work. It yeah. Is. No, yeah. It's a lot of work and um, it's important to teach kids at a young age to start taking care of their mental and emotional well-being. And I think that's one of the the things that, um, you know, the public system fails to teach kids as well as a proper history of the fucking nation. Um, The uh, um, I had a term for it that I had had expressed before, like a couple of years back, but it's basically to teach kids about their like I said, their emotional and mental well-being, like teaching them that it's important to seek out therapy, even though you think you don't need it. Uh, Uh, You know, and that's a whole other show you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Teaching them um, healthy coping mechanisms, Uh, um, them, you know, little things like meditation that'll help them, you know, uh, cure their mind or like um, noticing red flags in, in adults or like other people and, just like, you know, a whole bunch of things because, you know, as a kid, you're, you essentially are being, your framework is being built, yeah. around you, you know, by adults, by experiences, by this and that. And if trauma is a main component of that framework, mm-hmm. you're going to end up being an adult with a lot of very bad coping mechanisms, bad habits, aggression issues, you know, a very, it's going to be hard for you as an adult. So it's important to always like, you know, in schools, like, and that's why it's great to hear that you, you know, you, you are doing this with these kids is because um, once you bite it, you know, nip it in the bud um, as, as a youth, as a, as a child, then you can grow up to be an adult passing on these healthy, healthy things, you know, as when it comes to cultural uh, culture and, and um just, you know, things like that, that breaking that cycle right a, a cycle of abuse generational trauma generational trauma yeah, yeah. breaking generational trauma for sure yeah i yes. i've sat with a lot of my students just um you know i'm happy that i'm and i really feel like i was put in this um position because i've experienced it mm-hmm. to really mm. help you know a lot of these students and so i'm happy that i'm where i'm at now so that, um, you know, when students come and like talk to me about those kind of things that I actually know what to do with them, you Um, know, so um, that's one of the things that I really 
uh, value about the work that we do, um, you yeah. know, is that we're not just, uh, you know, talking out of our asses, but we actually uh, have experienced a lot of these things that our students are going through. Mm -hmm. And we've mm -hmm. come out on the other side better for exactly. it, you know? Right. So right. Yeah, we can model for them mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. it looks like when you are able to get the help that you need. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then move on. Exactly. And move on and just like no. kind of take control. Just take back that control of your life. Like yeah. um, you know, it's just it's sad. But like, you know, like you're saying with your with all your LGBT ninety-nine point nine percent of the Tongan, you know, girls, the females that I know, they've all been sexually abused. And I know a bunch. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, this is so fucking crazy. It's so yeah. fucking insane that almost every single Tongan girl that I know has been sexually abused. Yeah. I know, you know by, their, by a family member. By their uncles, yeah. by their grandfathers, by their fathers, some mm -hmm. from by their brothers. Like, I'm just like, what the fuck? You know, like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, I literally it's just crazy. Can't, can't fucking imagine. Yeah. And it's just like so I, sad. I, and I'm yeah. like looking at these girls and they're like, beautiful intelligent you know just and still mm -hmm. you know still living their life and but they still have to live with with that in the back of their mind and it still you know pops up every now and then and then they start to mm -hmm. fall into this like deep space but it's like you really can just like overcome all that like you know i yeah i know i'm, I'm speaking from i don't have experience like you know I'm, i wasn't sexually abused when i was younger so it's kind of hard for me to kind of like you know, try to put in my two cents, but like just from like people mm -hmm. that I I know who have you know, experienced it and just a lot of things that I've learned. So mm -hmm. here's about it. I'm just like, you know, you can come out on top, girl. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know, and it, it's I think that's great that you're gonna doing it with a lot of the children because, you know, mm -hmm. they can fall into that space and they everything can just go left because they yeah, don't they don't know that that they can come out on top. Yeah. 